Live from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Don't be broke.com text line 69187 keyword RR. Mailman Raider said, Q, I'm no draft calculator, but with 12 picks, I'd like to see if we could trade some of those to get back up and get one or two more picks in the top 50. Having three or four of your top 50 players instead of two. I know you can find them anywhere, but I like those odds of finding starters and hopefully stars. That's uh, from Mailman Raider. Again, talking about the 12 picks that the Silver and Black have going into uh, tomorrow and uh, obviously the whole weekend, not just tomorrow. That would be amazing if they had 12 picks in the first round. But they don't. They have 12 picks total. But to Mailman Raider's point, having more picks in the top 50 would be something that, well, I'm sure every team would love to have. And I know GM Dave Ziegler would love to have that as well. Keep your responses coming in at 69187, keyword r How would you like to see the Raiders maximize the 12 picks that they have heading into the draft? Join us now on the phone lines to talk all things New Orleans Saints. This is our good friend Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints. And, Ross, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, my man. And before we get into the draft and what the Saints need, what is the, uh, what is the temperature of the fan base right now, now that they have QB1 and Derek Carr, who well, everyone at Raider Nation knows very well. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, first of all, let me just say uh, it's great to be here with you, man. I appreciate you having me on always. Uh, you know, I always love when we get to kick it together. Uh, and so, you know, I look at the, the sort of temperature of the fan base right now, and it's a general excitement. I mean, this is, a, this is a fan base that believes pretty squarely across the board that it's improved, particularly at the quarterback position, or watched its team improve, particularly at the quarterback position. But I think, too, there's a little bit more excitement. You know, can Michael Thomas stay healthy this season? And if so, what does that mean? You know, how does Chris Olave, the last year, one of last year's first-round selections for the team, how does he uh, progress? And the Saints, you know, were originally not going to be in the first round this year, but after that, uh, after that, you know, Sean Payton trade to the uh, – I'm not going to say the name of the team on Raider Nation Radio. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but to that, that other team in the AFC West, well uh, you know, they get back in the first round. Yeah, you know, I got you. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty pretty exciting time for a lot of Saints fans right now. Did you Were you kind of surprised that, that Peyton made that move and went to that team in the AFC West? <laughs> that team. No, yeah, I, I really was. Like, I, I thought he was going to, you know, I, I thought the Cardinals were in the lead for a little while. I, I was waiting to see if maybe one of those other AFC West teams was going to open up the one in Los Angeles, the second yeah. team in Los Angeles. And so I was thinking maybe that, you know, there would be a chance that maybe that spot would open or something like that. So I was a little bit surprised by the selection, especially just considering, too, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, there was a lot of stuff pointing towards Sean Payton wanting to be in a place with great weather and kind of all these other things. Like, you know, quality of life stuff that I'm not so sure he gets uh, with the team that he selected. But, hey, uh, maybe, it's the, maybe it's the Russell Wilson of it all that got him a little excited, maybe get one or two years uh, with a guy that he's wanted to work with for a really, really long time. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how that shakes out. I think he will have an effect on that team. I don't know if it's going to be this year, but I do think that they'll have an, he'll have an effect on that team and that quarterback as well. Again, we're talking with Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. In that NFC South division, it looks like there is no clear cut, hey, this is the team to beat. What are the holes on the Saints, and how far away do they feel that they are to be in a playoff team? I think that they believe that they are a playoff team. We spoke with general manager Mickey Loomis today and asked him if he thought that there were any musts uh, left on this roster as they go into the NFL draft. And he kind of gave, you know, his, his answer as, I don't really feel like there's any musts, but there are certainly some would like to have. And so I think if they're able to answer a couple of those questions, 
Um, you know, I, I spoke with a, a pretty high-ranking person within the New Orleans Saints organization that feels like they can leave this draft with a couple of, uh, you know, playmakers over on the offensive side, find a way to also address the, you know, their defensive line in particular, I know is a really popular connection for them in, when it comes to the draft. And so I think if they're able to do those things, it puts them in a little bit more of a solid position to be able to compete. But I like what the Atlanta Falcons have done so far this offseason. We'll see what happens with the Carolina Panthers and that you know rookie quarterback that they'll take at one overall. We assume, and I mean, we're pretty sure it's going to be Bryce Young. But you know, I think you know, depending upon what the transition for that player is into the NFL, that can set them up for success, or they could implode. You know, his their their rookie season. So we'll have to see. But I think that this is a team that very much believes that it can compete, and I think that that's headlined, or or maybe better yet, it, you know, it's exclamation pointed, if you will, uh, by the the pursuit and and subsequent signing of Derek Carr and improving that quarterback division. You know what, Ross? Let me ask you real quick, man. I mean, now that you mentioned Carr and you mentioned Carolina, the fact that they're probably going to have Bryce Young, I mean, that's just about a foregone conclusion. The Saints really, what, have the best quarterback in the division? Is that, is that fair to say? I think it is. I think that, you know, we'll have to see exactly how that quarterback season goes, of course, that right. quarterback season goes, and maybe if we look at it differently at the end of the season. But I think going into the season, it's, it's perfectly viable that you would say, I mean, you think about the other quarterbacks that are in the division right now as it is, right? You've got Desmond Ritter with the Atlanta Falcons. No one knows who he is just yet. And then in Tampa, you've got either Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. You have no idea who Kyle Trask is. You can't really feel great about who Baker Mayfield has been throughout his NFL career so far. He's now on his fourth team. So, you know, whichever one of those guys, I think you can comfortably put Derek Carr above all of them in terms of the question marks that are being asked. And even if Carolina does, you know, get the guy that they really, really want, which they should at 1-1, uh, you know, how many games does Andy Dalton start in front of him before the, you know, as the season begins, or do they turn it over to that rookie quarterback in the very beginning? So I do think that no matter which quarterback you look at, uh, the Saints are in pretty good position there with Derek Carr in terms of his ranking within the division. When it comes to value, Alvin Kamara has the best contract in the league when it comes to running backs, but where are the Saints at on him, in, even with the legal issues that he has? How are the Saints feeling about Alvin Kamara? Because it feels like every team that has a top-five running back, uh, they don't want to pay him that much. But how do they feel about fairs? Yeah, it's interesting. You have teams that don't want to draft running backs early, and those same teams oftentimes talk about how or, or show you that they don't want to pay their running backs either. So you wonder which one it is that they really want to go for to make sure they get that top five running back. But look, uh, we spoke with when we spoke with uh, Mickey Loomis today, we asked him a little bit about you know how he feels the Alvin Kamara situation and everything, and basically that he looks at it is that you know whatever happens with Alvin Kamara is effectively a short term situation. It's something that will impact them for some number of games in 2023 as opposed to assuming that the trial doesn't get continued all the way through the season like we saw last year. Um, and so it is, doesn't assume, there's no assumption that it's going to be something that's going to impact them two, three years in advance. And that's really what they're focusing on when it comes to the draft. And so I, I think that running back is a need for them going into the draft, even legal situations aside. They went out and signed Jamal Williams this offseason, but both Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara are staring that dreaded 30-year-old number uh, in the face in the way that the NFL sort of treats running backs at that point. Uh, so I do think that investing in a running back is something that still makes sense to think, even if they don't expect Alvin Kamara to miss any games or didn't expect Alvin Kamara to miss any games in 2023. So I think there's still work to be done at that position. I think you want to be a year early as opposed to a year late, especially with how many hits running backs take, injuries, things like that. So I would still expect them to be pretty active in that market potentially here in, in this year's draft. 
And then when it comes to this first round as well, Marshawn Lattimore, he is the you know cornerback number one for the Saints, but he is coming off of an injury. Do you think that they could look for someone in this first round and maybe compliment him on the other side? Uh, I think they have their complimentary guys right now in terms of Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor. They, they feel like they struck gold with Alante Taylor in the second round last year. And this is a team last year that they're, they're starting five in terms of their secondary was supposed to be at safety, Marcus May and Tyron Matthew. And then they had corners, uh, Marshall Lattimore, Paulson Adebo on the outside. And then they had veteran corner Bradley Roby on the, on the inside of the slot. Those five guys never took a single snap together on the field at the same time in 2022. And so they got a really good look at their depth, whether they liked it or not, last year. And so, you know, you saw um, Alante Taylor play like one of the top corners in the NFL in terms of the snaps that he was on the field and on a per-snap basis. Uh, Paulson Adiva had a great rookie season two years ago, dealt with some injuries last year, but still played well. And so I think they, they're pretty settled with where they are at outside corner. I think nickel corner is their biggest need when it comes to the secondary, and obviously that probably takes you a little bit more into the mid-rounds. But I don't think that cornerback is out of the question for them. I just think that it's different than a boundary corner. I think they might be looking for a slot guy. Before we get into the actual pick, when I talk to anybody about the Saints, I've got to ask, what are they going to do with Taysom Hill? Now that they've got a for <laughs> sure, hey, this is the franchise quarterback, no more gimmicks. Hey, Derek Carr, you don't need to bring him out for a couple of drives, or maybe he doesn't have the deep ball. What's going to happen with Taysom Hill now that they have an official quarterback? Oh, I, it's, I think you're going to see Taysom Hill still be Taysom Hill in this New Orleans State offense. I would still expect him to take snaps at quarterback you know, 10 or so a game or whatever. Uh, he'll continue to, you know, be somebody that run routes, that lead blocks, that gets handoffs, all of those other things. He might take some special team snaps. He might cover for you if you need him at the linebacker position. Who knows? The, the, the guy, they'll do anything with the guy. But I, I think that, like, if you look back at what the Saints did with Taysom Hill in the Cleveland Browns game toward the end of last season, as well as, of course, that Seattle Seahawks game uh, here in New Orleans last season, I think that's probably a little bit closer to – uh, his usage than what we saw early on in the season where they had him running more routes than anything else and stuff like that. I, I think sort of utilizing him all over the offense, and that includes still the quarterback position, will still very much be a part of his usage. In fact, Derek Carr even said he's getting ready for the season. He's excited to throw passes and, and work with everybody, but his the thing he's really hoping for is that he'll get to catch a uh, touchdown pass from Taysom Hill. Ross, is this in his contract that he has to get some burn at, at, at quarterback? I mean, is it, what is this? Is this a, like, my son got a play rule? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They 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 love they love the playbook. They love the playbook when he's in there. They love being able to run those QB powers in short yardage situations and in the red zone. They love getting the ball in his hands, and they like all the counter punches that come with that offense as well. You saw him complete a big. You know, uh, big-time pass to Rashid Shaheed, who was just an electrifying undrafted free agent that came in for New Orleans last year. And that whole play was a counterpunch off of what they would usually run with Taysom Hill under center. And so they love what they're able to do with them. I think you might see it be a little bit more sporadic, but still very present consistently game to game, as opposed to there being games where he gets, you know, 17 quarterback snaps and then the next three weeks he gets zero i think you'll see more of a middle ground in that but you'll see it more consistently sprinkled in throughout the season <laughs> ross jackson with the 29th pick in the 2023 nfl unnecessary roughness mock draft who are the new orleans saints selecting y'all got the y'all got the booze for roger goodell in there as well by any chance <laughs> um, i think i've only got applause we're nice on this show <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for me, I look at uh, 
Brian Brzee, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Ooh. So I'm going to keep your Clemson run going. It's three straight there. Um, yeah. My personal pick at 29 is Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, but I think that Brian Brzee is somebody that's firmly on the Saints' radar and somebody that they would like. Uh, they want an attacking three-tech, and he is an attacking three-tech. He doesn't have the, the production numbers if you do the sort of box score scouting and stuff like that, but the context of you know the way that the defense played as well as the personal things that he went through I think you, you factor all of those in. You see he's a high-character guy, somebody that's beloved by his teammates. Those are things that matter to the New Orleans Saints, and they have a big-time need in their defensive interior, and I think that he could give them a quality that they won't get elsewhere. There you go. Give, give Dennis Allen a little bit more defense there. I'm, I'm okay with that. And, you know, you brought up Mozzie. I like Mozzie as well. Where do you think a realistic landing spot is? Not team, but, like, what round do you think Mozzie's going to go in? Yeah, I kind of feel more and more like he ends up being – one of those guys that carries a second round grade. So he's either at the, like in this range, exactly where the saints are, or, you know, in terms of the bottom of the, uh, the first round, a, a place that the Buffalo bills at 27 would make sense for him too. And then potentially even into the early portion of the second round, the Saints pick at 29 and at 40, I'm not so confident that he would make it to 40. Uh, but I think that he's somewhere in that range. That's not a bad little combo, a little one-two punch, 29 and 40, though. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. And if they see a player that they start, that's starting to fall and they like, they could try to pounce on him and only have to jump yep. up a couple spots. I like that. That's, that's a nice little scenario for the New Orleans Saints. There you go. You got a good one on your hands there, Ross. I like that. Good stuff. <laughs> well, what, uh, what do you got coming out on the Locked On Saints that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, tomorrow is about uh, you know a- answering all the rest of the questions, right? Like just reminding and get everybody set up all the information that you need for the New Orleans Saints headed into their draft. What are their biggest needs? What are some of the trades that could potentially pull off, including that little kind of jump up uh, at the top mm-hmm. of the second round if they really like somebody. And then even too, look, we know that the Saints haven't traded back since 2007. Q, you know I like the New Orleans Saints potentially trading back in this class because of how strong second, third, fourth round selections are going to be. Uh, those yep. top 100 guys, and so. Uh, yeah, we'll explore a bunch of those and make sure that everybody's all caught up with what they need to know about the New Orleans Saints ahead of their uh, big day one of the draft. I like that, man. I'm really going to pay attention to the Saints and that 29 and 40 little locations, man. I, I think that those are going to be potential game changers right there for New Orleans and really can kind of mess up the back end of round one of the draft and, and, and mess up the beginning of round two of the draft as well. So there you go. It's all yeah, going to be I'll, Ross's I'll, fault. I'll say this to you, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's all my fault. But I'll say this to you, too. Start looking for the New Orleans Saints as early as pick 21. That's what I okay. would say. Chargers, there it is. They have a relationship with those guys. Uh, Jacksonville at 24, they have a relationship with those guys. If somebody that they really love is getting down to the bottom, you know, getting into the upper or the lower 20s, and it's one of those guys that's really, really high on their cloud that they're surprised to see there, don't be, don't be surprised to see them make that jump up to go ahead and grab one of the guys that they see falling. Well, tell them to stay away from Emmanuel Forbes, a quarterback out of Mississippi State. <laughs> tell them to stay away from him. He's no good. 14 interceptions, six pick sixes. Doesn't mean anything. Leave him alone. Nothing. All <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It'll never translate to the NFL. Ross, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Real pleasure, guys. Y'all take care, stay safe, and I'll talk to y'all here soon. Have a good one. All right, you too, brother. Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints right there. Man, that's, that's a scenario to pay attention to. I like the nugget that he says start looking at them around 21. 
but they have 29 and 40. Those are some really good numbers right there, uh, some good spots where they can really get creative. If they want to trade back, they could trade back. If they want to trade up, they could trade up. They could package those. I mean, they, they can do some things with those two picks. I like that, 29 and 40, something to pay attention to when it comes to the New Orleans Saints and what they could potentially do in the first round of the draft and even early in the second round. 317 is the time. We'll get to your calls and texts coming up next. It's Ray Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live here in Kansas City, the site of the 2023 NFL Draft. Excited about the opportunity to be here. It's funny, today's been a good day. We were over, earlier today we were over at a, a high school here. Uh, which No, actually it was a Central, it was, yeah, Central High School uh, and then Central Middle School. Uh, the NFL Draft prospects, they were like digging a garden, just doing some community work. Uh, you know, with the kids and everything at the school, at the middle school. Then they walked over to the high school where we ended up talking to a lot of them, uh, including C.J. Stroud, who you'll hear from in just a few minutes. Uh, got an opportunity to, to talk to some of those guys, and they were out there doing the little play 60 with the kids, and they were out there having a lot of fun. And, you know, it was, it was cool for the moment because they didn't have to worry about the draft. They were just able to be out there and hang out. And so after that, then I, uh, I hustled across town and went over to meet some of the guys from NFL Network, and that's uh, uh, Daniel Jeremiah and, and Charles Davis and Joel Klatt, and we went to Arthur Bryant's barbecue. And the cool thing is NFL Network, for everybody who RSVP'd like myself, uh, they, they provided lunch. So we were able to order, you know, not whatever we wanted, but they had a select few items that we can order from. And Arthur Bryant's is a place that is very well-known here in Kansas City, and, and I, don't, I guess I don't have to tell anyone that who's – who's from here or has been visiting this area. And it smelled great. But I had so much going on this afternoon, and I was trying to do whatever I could to make sure I got onto the show today, uh, including having to make a trip to Best Buy, make a trip to Verizon, make a trip to T-Mobile. I mean, man, if, this, if I hadn't rented a car this time, I would have been in some trouble. But good thing is I rented a car. So the, the problem I'm having right now, Damon, is as I'm sitting here in my Airbnb all by myself, I have not had anything to eat at all today because I didn't have time to eat at Arthur Bryant's. I can still smell the barbecue. I can smell it on me from being in the building. So it smells fantastic, but I haven't had anything to eat, and I don't know what it tastes like, so I didn't get an opportunity to eat anything. But, man, it smells great, and I could every time – I don't know, whenever like you're talking or a guest is talking, I'm looking around like, man, what is that smell? And then I realize, oh, it's me. So I smell like the great barbecue <laughs> in Kansas City. I just don't know what it tastes like. You didn't ask for it to go plate? I mean, no, was that not know. in the – no, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have done that because I had too much hustling around town to do. There's no way I was going to drive. And it's not like everything is right on top of each other. So the schools were at one area. Then 20 minutes later is where the barbecue spot was. Then 25 minutes later is where Best Buy was. Then 10 minutes later is where Verizon was. Then eight minutes away is where T-Mobile was. And then my place is back 25 minutes. So, I mean, I've been hustling, dude. When I say, I, like I said, I said at the top of the show, I've been through hell and high water to make sure I got on the air today. Uh, yeah, I have. And I, I guarantee you this, and I said this to you in the break, uh, I will never miss a show again. <laughs> I will <laughs> never not be on the air. I have made sure I have not only assured myself that, that anytime I'm on the road, I can get everything going, but I have double assured myself. So, I mean, I have, oh, I have plan A. I got plan B. I even have plan C. So there's no way that what happened yesterday will ever happen again. That is not going to be okay. I couldn't even sleep last night. I was so angry about that. So uh, as, as I'm sure you very well know. So Real quick, <laughs> yeah. I've been at media events where they're like, oh, yeah, lunch will be served around 1230. And let's say I was planning on leaving at noon anyway. Yeah. Well, I guess I could stay till 1230. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it ain't that big. Of, I mean, I could stay. I could, you know, I could stay a little bit longer, you know, if the food's coming. 
Not me. Not me. <laughs> I, I got to keep it moving, man. I'm sorry. And it's funny because I'm not too far from the uh, Power and Light District, and I remember Jared told me not to go there. Uh, it's f- so funny. Last night I finally got something to eat. Remember I had been up since about 4 a.m. West Coast time, uh, got on the plane there in Vegas at 6, and uh, came here. So I hadn't ate all day. I finally sat down and ate last night at 10.45 p.m. Central time. So <laughs> so you think about that. I was at 4 a.m. Pacific time is when I got up, and I finally ate at just damn near midnight, it felt like, uh, central time last night. So it was, it was pretty ridiculous. And I ended up eating at um, – what's the place that we have? What's the place that we have right there in Town Square that I like a lot? Um, Lazy Dog? Oh, no, no, no. I like that place too. Uh, Yardbirds with the big long beer. Yard House. Yard House. There we go. Yard bird, yard house. <laughs> there we go. My bad. Bird dogs. Oh, no, is, is that going to be the spot for the rest of the trip now? Probably. And it's funny. I, I sent uh, Jared a text because when we were in L.A. for the Super Bowl uh, a couple Super Bowls ago, that was where that place was literally right next to the convention center. So every day after the shows were over, after we were done for the day, I was like, all right, let's go eat. And he's like, all right, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, there's no option. We're going – we're literally walking to, to Yard House. So – uh, I don't know if I'm going to walk. It's a little bit farther than I can really walk to that I want to feel comfortable in, in walking. But it most likely, I'm in this area with all this fantastic barbecue and this fantastic smell, and I'll probably be at Yard House every single night, which actually <clears throat> almost became the place I did the show from today. Uh, I'd already been talking to them as well about an opportunity to do a show from there. I had some guys lined up at a radio station here that was going to let me come into the studio. So I had it covered one way, one how. I was going to get it done. The question that I threw out there to you on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, the Raiders have 12 picks heading into the draft. How would you like to see them maximize or get the most out of those 12 picks? Just when Wendy hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, it's always great when Wendy chimes in. She said, with a spoon at seven, then trade one or more of those two to three round picks up to get a quarterback. Hooker or Hainer, then defense, defense, defense. Try to send a photo. Tried to f- send a photo of a spoon. That's from Just Win, Wendy. I like it. And uh, there you go. With a spoon at seven. It's funny. Joel Klatt told me he ain't going to be there at seven. He said, uh, he said that's who he had in his mock draft originally for the Raiders. And he said, I had to change that because he's not going to be there. He thinks that Seattle's going to take either With a Spoon or, or uh, Detroit will take With a Spoon. Did you takes. tell him about our mock draft? So No, I did not. I did not. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've told anyone who would listen, though, about our mock draft and how the fact he was still around in the 20s. But he thinks he has a good idea, a good feeling that uh, it's going to either be Detroit or Seattle. And, you know, Seattle took two corners last year, but uh, he believes that there, there's, there's a possibility that they can do that as well. Uh, Mailman Raider said, yo, Q, it ain't your car. You can eat in that thing. Who cares what it smells like afterwards? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking, Mailman Raider. <laughs> That's true. It is not my car, but I still have uh, I still have my my little rules and my 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 tendencies. And Demond knows. I mean, Demond's been at an Airbnb with me. I mean, I keep these things clean, and uh, I do the same thing with the car. I just can't help it, man. It's just kind of it's kind of who I am. I can't help myself. So uh, I've been already walking around here trying to repair things and make things even better than it was when I got here. So uh, Mailman Raider, I know it's it's just my bad. I, I can't help myself. Three twenty eight the time, seven oh two, three six five, nine two hundred. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listen to the line. Uh who we got up first, Damon? Let's go out to Houston and LA. All right, Houston and LA. Welcome to the show. He's got something to say about that lake show. Hey man, you know what? Damon was a trooper yesterday. I just wanna, you know, say that first, but then I wanna also say to Damon, man, good night, sweetheart. <laughs> well it's time to go. 
Hey, hey, check it out, though. Lakers, dude, we might win this one, but I still ain't got a lot of faith, man. We, it's like, you know, we got a lot of tired legs out there. And Memphis, mm-hmm. honestly, they be running up and down the court, bro. It's like they just got bad luck some, somehow, honestly, because I, I, I didn't even expect my guys to really go, go that far. But, you know, I'm a realist on it, you know what I mean, because I've seen great L.A. teams, you know, but – I've seen some tired ones. And them brothers, you know, they're, they're a little too old. But LeBron, you know, once he's a champion, he he's going to come through with it. And AD, you know, I'm like, hey, you mentioned that too, Q. You said you bet I'm like every time AD even halfway falls, man, I got a personal name for that dude, Mr. Glass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all seen Unbreakable yep. or not, bro, but that brother is Mr. Glass. Yeah, he is. But um, as far as our draft, dude, we uh, I ain't got nothing else to say. <laughs> I just want to, I just want him to rock it. That's there you it. go. I like it. I like it. Houston and L.A. Great call. And I'll say this, man. I thought, and I, I told anyone who had listened at the beginning of the series between Memphis and L.A. I thought Memphis was going to run them out the gym, man, because of those tired legs that uh that that Houston and L.A. just mentioned. I thought that those those tired legs weren't going to be able to hang. And I think that uh, I think Memphis can get it done tonight. I really do. Uh, they've they've got to just again they got to run man they got to use those thoroughbreds let them be thoroughbreds but I'll tell you I said it the other day Demond and I wasn't on the show to mention it yesterday Jaw's got to stop jumping out of the gym and deciding what he's gonna do in the air stop it stop it stop it he's a menace to himself I thought he damn near I thought he tore his ACL the other night when he tried to jump over LeBron like you know that ain't happening I thought he was gonna hurt LeBron that was one of those like I'm not blaming LeBron at all. But it was like, you got to think about the other person a little bit, too, sometimes. Man, he just, he just landed straight on top of LeBron. He did, but just the way he fell. And I look, I've been there, not, not that high up, obviously, but I've been there when all of a sudden you jump and you don't have no control of where you are on the way down and you just free-falling, man. It ain't fun. And he does it all the time. He has a great career in front of him. He's got to protect himself better than that. Too many times he just leaps in the air, out the gym just about, and then decides what he's going to do after that so uh houston in la thanks for the call i appreciate you mitch in new jersey you're up next thanks for being patient welcome to the show hey doing good show thank thanks you thanks for taking my call brother uh i might have missed it did you play taps for my clippers because i'm going to tie in Kawhi leonard with a uh, hendon hooker uh, Ooh. right now okay i tell you i want to add a 12 picks i hope nine are on defense okay but i'll be happy with any of these guys Gonzalez, but mainly Hendon Hooker or AR. Now, if Hooker gets picked, I think Hooker, I think he played four or five years. He was hurt in the middle of the year. I think he's played more games in his league than Kawhi Leonard did for my Clippers. I think I have to look it up. And they don't have an 82-game season in the college football. Right? Am I right? right? Yep. I'd be happy to get one of those two quarterbacks, nine slash three. Thanks. All right. Hey, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, I'm glad you brought up Kawhi Leonard and I didn't have to bring him up, man. I'll tell you what, for a dude who load manages all year long, for him not to be able to play in the games that matter the most, and look, you're injured. I get it. You can't go play. You know, he has a, what, a torn a torn something, MCL or whatever it was. It came out today. Woes or Shams put it out, but come on, man. You know, it, it's, it's got to be something. The, the Clippers, they, they got to do something with their team. And I, I, I like Westbrook. Uh, I like Kawhi a lot. I just hate that he's never available. Paul George, I like him a lot as well, but not available either. Those guys just aren't available as often as they need. They, they need to go ahead and, and get back to the drawing board. 
and figure out who's up next. Speaking of who's up next, how about Evan and Marietta? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. Uh, this is Evan from Marietta. Love the show. Um, you know, we talk about older quarterbacks. I don't want them to draft Hooker. Uh, I mean, I think of Chris Winkie, Brandon Whedon. Older rookie quarterbacks don't work. The most important position on the field, quarterback, we got to get Stroud. I mean, he carved Georgia, the best defensive team in college football, like a Thanksgiving turkey, carved them up. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I don't. Uh, hopefully we don't draft this high again. Um, we got to get Stroud. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft in this S2, this stupid S2 test. I'm glad we don't utilize it. I think that's going to be our best friend. And uh, we need to draft defense, obviously, maybe an offensive alignment and then the rest defense. But, gosh, I hope we get Stroud. I hope he falls to us. I think that would be a gift from heaven. So, thanks. Love your show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate you. That's good stuff. And I'll, and I'll say this, and I mentioned it earlier, I have Joel Clad. I want to get to his sound uh, at some point in the show. I also want to get to uh, C.J. Stroud. had an opportunity to catch up with him a little earlier today. So uh, especially based off of that call, definitely want you to hear from him. And he don't care nothing about that S2. I'll tell you that. He don't care nothing about that S2. He said, I test. I don't, I don't, I don't do tests. I play football. So, all right. You know, I mean, you could take that in multiple different ways. You know, you could take that as, hey, he's just focused on playing ball. You could you could put that even as a red flag and say, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, because there's going to be a lot of studying that you got to do on the next level as far as learning the playbook and all that other stuff. So there's a lot of, that can come from it. But uh, C.J. Stroud, he sounded very confident earlier today uh, when I was able to talk to him, and he said he does have a lot of family members that are rooting for him to be a Raider because they live close to, you know, Las Vegas and are Raider fans in general. So uh, you'll hear that a little while uh, coming up in the show. Let's get one more call in. Uh, matter of fact, coming from Kansas City. How about uh, Jen? Jen and KC. What's up, my man? Welcome to the show. Man, what's going on, Q? Bro, I was at the last Raider game in Oakland when we lost to Jacksonville. And oh. I didn't I was, yeah, I didn't get to walk around and meet you. I was over at the uh, 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 Pillaging Just for Fun podcast. Gotcha. And they had me tied up helping them, so I didn't get a chance to get around to you. But, bro, you in Kansas City. You don't have to starve, bro. What you want, I'll bring it to you. I'll bring it to you. Uh, <laughs> but what you do for Raider Nation, I'm out here in Kansas City. Man, my business, Gentry's Hardwood Flooring, cheap plug, but my business colors is silver and black. They see me all through the city. When they see Gentry, they'd be like, oh, this dude, the Raider fan in Kansas City. I cannot have you going hungry, bro. You don't have to eat bar food you can have whatever you want nice nice well we gotta link up man we gotta link up where are you gonna be at later i live here so well i know but where are you gonna be at like i mean are you just at the house i'm a little bit older than you so i'm a family man i'm at the house i just became a new granddad today nice Uh, my son jason bear just had his first son so in the 2043 draft the Las Vegas select, Aiden Baird, quarterback. <laughs> nice. Great. Well Great. done. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm at home right now. So if I know we're on the radio, I ain't trying to make it, you know, just about me and you. But, hey, whatever you want, I'll go get it for you. Hey man, that, that's good looking. That's good looking out, man. You have to give uh, give your information to Demond, man. We'll have to link up before I get out of here. Uh, at least be able to say what's up, man. I'd like I'd like to at least shake your hand and say what's up or come by your business or something. So Demond's gonna get you. Oh, nice, even better. Demond's gonna get your information, man. Great call, great great call. 
All right, cool. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. Jen, good stuff. I, I do appreciate you, my man. Like I said, I at least want to shake your hand and say what's up uh, if I'm going to be here in your city, man. I got to come check you out and, uh, you know, just, just say hello. And uh, it's funny. I saw earlier he mentioned a Raider fan in Kansas City. When we went by the barbecue spot earlier for the NFL Network, there was a car outside, no joke, had a Raider flag on the, on the one window, had a Charger flag on the other window, and it had Texas license plates. So you figure that out. My man Steve Foster said, wait a minute, what's going on here? You got a Raider flag, a Charger flag, and Texas license plates in Kansas City? Something ain't right, but uh, we saw that. That was something I saw earlier today. 3.37 is the time. When we come back, you'll hear from quarterback C.J. Stroud, who was at the event earlier today that I was at, a little play 60 with the kids and a bunch of the different draft prospects that will hear their name called early tomorrow at the NFL Draft. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Coming up at 4 o'clock, top of the hour, Blair Kirkhoff. Covers Kansas City sports, covers the Chiefs like a glove here in Kansas City. He'll make the final pick of round one of our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. We started this thing last Monday, and we're ending it at about 4.15 this afternoon. So excited about that. We're able to get through every single team in the first round that has a pick. The Miami Dolphins are the only team that don't. And the reason I know that we'll be able to get to Blair and get all the teams done is because our good friend Mike Gill, who covers the Eagles in Atlantic City, he has uh, sent a text message back to myself and Damon about who he's, pick- who he's picking for the Eagles at pick number 30. So, Damon, I'll let you do the honors. With a 30th pick in the 2023 Unnecessary Roughness NFL Draft, Mike Gill, on behalf of the Philadelphia Eagles, selects Jameer Gibbs running back at Alabama. It's a good pick right there. And a second, second running back taken in the first round. I, I like that pick, and he's getting a lot, and I mean a lot of love uh, the past few days, really climbing up the draft board. And, that, and the thing about it is, it, it's so funny, it's not really like he's climbing up the draft board, suddenly everyone's like, oh, he's a first-round pick. But it's, it's this week when you start to hear about these guys that are really, as I said, sound like they're kind of climbing the board. That's when you really start to pay attention because now you're starting to hear what more and more teams believe and what they think and what they're looking at. I like Gibbs a lot at that pick. Also, when we had Emory Hunt on a couple of weeks ago, he said that he had him rated above B. John Robinson when it comes to his running backs. So I know that we always talk about the devaluation of running backs in the league, but this guy is definitely worthy of a first-round pick. You know, the thing about it is, and I believe that Todd McShay said this, and him and Mel uh, Kuyper, they, they, they differ on this. Mel says you should never draft a running back in the first round, and Todd McShay said he, he believes the exact opposite. Why not get a running back in the first round? You have five years of their control. Uh, you have control of them for five years if you so choose so. And then you can also put the franchise tag on them. So, really, you can have a running back five, six, seven years and then just let them go about their business, right? I mean, since they're devalued anyway – and, and I'm not saying that that's the right approach, but I'm surprised more teams don't make a move at a running back in the first round and, and just know that they have that control. They can, they can use them up, use them up, use them up as much as they want, and then when, it, when it's come time to give them a big contract, they can let someone else do that. So we'll see what teams start doing, but I do believe Gibbs is going to get off the board uh, in the first round coming up tomorrow as well. So that's a really good pick by Mike Gill. Now the only team left is the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been uh, obviously around here all day today. I've heard a lot of offensive line is what they'll be looking at. I've heard a lot of wide receiver 
is who they'll be looking at. Uh, some say even a corner they could be looking at. Uh, linebackers. There's there's really a lot of different options. And uh, Joel Klatt said this before I started, uh, you know, talking to him earlier. But uh, he was he was talking to some a Kansas City reporter and said that you know he he looks at at dr- the draft as kind of like building a house or whatever, and and the quarterback is your foundation. Well, with Kansas City, they already have their foundation, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes, so they don't need to worry about going and finding their foundation. Now all they're doing is trying to put some nice finishing touches on. You know, they're putting a little bit of, uh, you know, fixing up the bathroom a little bit, adding a little extra to it. Like, it's already a good-looking house, but they're just adding a little extras to it. I thought that was a, a good way to describe the Kansas City Chiefs, who, you know, they're, they're in a good position coming off a Super Bowl victory over Philadelphia. So we'll have – uh, we'll have Blair Kirkhoff coming up at the top of the hour to close out our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. But C.J. Stroud is a guy that uh, Evan and Marietta brought up, and uh, he's really high on him, and he had an opportunity to talk earlier today uh, over there at the, at, at the school, at the little, at the, not the middle school, the high school, uh, when we were at the Play 60, and was really, uh, you can hear the, I don't want to say defense, defensiveness in his, in his voice, but uh, he was just talking about, you know, how all of a sudden he's starting to drop, right? He's the guy that everyone's been talking about, uh, first quarterback, second quarterback, one of the two at worst, right? Now all of a sudden it's like, well, he might drop to seven. He might drop out of the top ten. So you can hear him kind of, again, I don't want to say defensive because that's probably the wrong word, but a little, little on edge about, about that situation. Here's C.J. Stroud. It's not an accident things come out. It's not an accident that people throw dirt on my name. Um, and I definitely think that um, whatever that means, because uh, people benefit from things, people don't. And I definitely know that. Uh, who I am as a person. I'm going to continue to just be myself. So um, I know that it wasn't on accident, that it happened on purpose, and uh, I'm not dumb. But at the same time, I can still realize who I am, and I can just be myself. And um, I'm a football player, not a not a, a, a test taker. So. I'm sorry, if you went to a spot where you were sitting for a year, like no, learning you. kind of veteran golf just in Detroit, like around the Lions, how would that benefit you, you think? Well, I believe uh, the game that we're in today, uh, we're just who I am as a person, I believe uh, in the line of uh, the business of being a servant. I mean, Jesus was a servant, so, uh, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to serve whoever where I have to go um, to, to people. And I definitely think that um, if I had to be a backup, uh, I would be more than more than happy to do that um, and help whoever was starting and, and be that leading hand to, to help them with um, coverages, whatever they need to do. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm willing to do that. So I'm excited to, to have the opportunity, whatever that is. What was it like when you uh, visited Vegas and checked out the Raiders? It was amazing. Um, I had a great talk with all the coaches. Uh, Bo, he, he couldn't make it. He was sick. But uh, me and Mick, um, and, and Coach McDaniels had a great conversation, um, had a, a great talk with, with the GM, the assistant GM, and um, they had a lot of great things to say, a lot of great feedback, but I have some things I need to work on as well. So, man, I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, I know it's close to home, so I was uh, looking forward to kind of seeing what they're about, seeing if you can get away from the crazy nightlife but uh, and still enjoy uh, kind of just being in that Vegas environment. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you right. can't get yeah, away from that's it. What I'll, they I'll tell you that. You right. can't get away from it. At the Combine, you said that they were all about business. They were all about football. Did you like that approach? I did, um, but I actually got to know them as people more as the process went on. Um, I spent a lot of time with them because um, McGowan has took his took his uh, his time to spend time with me and teach me things and let me know, man, that it's not going to just be easy. And that's something I really appreciated because you know during this process, um, people people think that we're the best things to slice bread, but um, the going to the NFL is a process and it's not just going to be easy right away. But who knows? It might be. But he told me through thick and thin, uh, he'll be there for me. So if he was my coach one day, I'll really appreciate that. You were in town for the fight and uh, hanging out with Max Crosby. What's right. that whole thing like? Man, Max is an amazing dude, bro. Like just to see uh, kind of who he is and, and where he 
come from and, and how he was a fourth-round pick to now being a pro bowler every year, uh, the work that he puts in. Uh, it was just amazing to kind of be around that type of energy, man, just to, the type of person he was. Uh, he wore he wears a big chain with his daughter's name, so I should just tell you that, man, he's a family man and uh, gave me some tips about, like, Vegas and where to be, where not to be, uh, where to live, where not to live. And uh, he was like, he was excited if I could maybe be his teammate one day, so uh, we'll see what happens. What would it mean to you to get drafted number seven or, or even them trade up and go get you? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever happens, man, I mean, I, I would be amazed to just, honestly, I have a ton of family that are Raider fans, uh, a ton of people, because, uh, you know, they were in L.A. for a while, mm-hmm. so um, everybody who, who I know is almost Raider fans, uh, <laughs> so they're excited to see what happens, and they're praying for me to go there, so uh, it's not up to me uh, at the end of the day. Uh, I'm just walking in what God wants me to do, but uh, I would be excited with really anything. If that's at 7, 3, 2, 1, 5, 25, <laughs> 102, whatever God wants, I'm with it. Good luck tomorrow. Thank Appreciate you. Man. There goes C.J. Stroud. Um, yeah, he was talking about the S2 scores, how they came out. He said, look, they came out for a reason, right? I know that. And I actually, I asked Charles Davis about that uh, earlier, too. You know, is that coming out because a team wants him to drop? Is that coming out because, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe maybe a team is trying to, trying to I don't know. There, there's plenty of different reasons, right? I mean, just interested in, in why all of a sudden at the last second, you know, maybe, maybe an agent's trying to prop up their, their player, uh, their quarterback a little bit more. I mean, it just it, it goes in waves, Demond. It's so crazy. Remember, I mean, when this whole draft process started, remember how much conversation we were having about really it was what Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis, right? Those are really the three quarterbacks that we were talking about. And I I said from the jump I wasn't a big Will Levis guy, and people got on us. And then all of a sudden it went dark thirty on Will Levis. I feel like that that initial Friday when the trade first happened, I felt mm. like that weekend it was oh they did that for C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. I felt that was the, the that's what I was hearing listening to podcasts yeah. and all those things watching the TVs. People were saying, "Oh, it's CJ Stroud," and it's for, that jump for hey, it's either or. It could be him or Bryce, and now he could just fall to seven naturally. That's a that's a shocker to me. I know it isn't like a Lermy Tunsil, like oh my gosh, here's the smoking gun. But right. even if he if he does fall, just falls to seven for the Raiders. Hey, please pick him. But it, I would be shocked. I know it's it's. I mean, it could be an ultimate smokescreen. It could be you know Houston end up taking them anyway because uh, I do believe Bryce Young is going to go number one. Uh, but it just it's it's so wild, man, just to see how these things they 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 just kind of come and go in waves. And again, like Bryce Young was being talked about from the jump. C.J. Stroud. I remember coming out of the combine after seeing what he did at the combine. I was like, that's QB one. That was my words. That's QB one. Uh, then all of a sudden, I started doing more research, and we started doing research into all these players on on the show here. And really kind of fell in love with the story that is Anthony Richardson, right? And, and you'll hear him early, uh, later on, maybe today, uh, if not today, tomorrow before uh, the draft actually gets started. Uh, I had a good conversation with Anthony Richardson, and uh, Charles Davis said it to me best when I talked to him earlier today. He said, man, if you have an opportunity to talk to Anthony Richardson, you will fall in love with him. You will say that that is a fantastic player. Go get that guy. I mean, and it's funny, talking to Anthony Richardson, reading about Anthony Richardson, hearing about Anthony Richardson has got me like, yeah, I want to root for that guy. I hope that that guy, wherever he goes, Raiders or anyone else, has a ton of success because I just, like I said, I I, I root for people like Richardson. But, you know, C.J. Stroud is intriguing. And, DeMond, I don't know if it was just me or not. He sounded very much like he was – comfortable with being a Raider oh he was more than comfortable when he said Max was telling him you know where to stay where not to be why he telling him that if he ain't gonna be here come on now it's funny though every (laughs) every answer every single answer that he gave at the end of it he said like even when he was talking about coach McDaniels yeah coach McDaniels said he'll be there for me uh, every step of the way if he's able to be my 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 coach if he ends up being my coach and yeah Max Crosby told me where I could live 
if I end up being uh, a Raider. You know what I mean? It's like it's almost like he cleaned it up at the end, but he was he was like giving me nuggets, right? I, I thought I, I tell you, I walked away from that thinking there's a good chance that dude's a Raider. I felt very confident when I heard heard that conversation with him. Oh yeah, everything that he said, like, I'm, this is me reading into it a little bit too much, but it sounds like he was having that pre-draft meeting, like, hey, you're our guy, right? If you're hey, we want you. Well, we'll man, I think like, if he's not number two, I'm do it, do it. If he's not number two, he very well we could end up talking about on on Friday show. We could end up talking about C.J. Stroud, the Raiders quarterback. Very, I I I would not be shocked based off of just a couple minutes I had with him earlier today. So uh, definitely want to hear from you. Appreciate all the calls and texts. Uh, 702-365-9200. We got a call there. Let's get one more. Go ahead. Nash in Houston. Nash in Houston. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, guys. So uh, I want to know then, uh, after you talk to all these guys, we hear it. Who is your man crush on then? You know, because I, I vacillate between yeah, AR and CJ Stroud. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why to me the draft is going to be so exciting because you know, we'll really see what the godfather, Ziegler, is going to do. And, uh, you know, if he goes for a quarterback, it's like they think it's that, that you know, that guy's their dude. And if they kind of fall back, you know, then, you know, they, then that wasn't their dude and they're going to do other things. And, you know, I think the, the, this is going to be so critically important because, again, uh, as everybody's, you know, talked at nauseum about how poor the drafts have been. But it's like Gruden always got the benefit of the doubt. And these guys haven't gotten it from the beginning because they, you know, talk about the Patriot way. So to me, it's it's an excitement. I may still be shocked on who they take, but to me, uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting because, again, this it will be, one way or the other, the foundation for what's going to happen and how the fans perceive them. And the one thing I want to say about C.J. Stroud, again, I'm not one of these guys who watched a lot of tape, but yeah, I think it's like, you know, are you getting the guy that played against Georgia? Are you getting the guy that played against Iowa State? Right. And, and I don't know the answer to that question. But the interesting thing, they always give a hard time about uh, Ohio State quarterbacks, but everybody forgot because he didn't play there that Jeff Burroughs was – he was an Ohio State quarterback too. He just played at LSU. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He play there. So, you know, uh, so it's going to be really exciting. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow and really uh, appreciate and uh, enjoy the show. Thank you so much for the call. I do appreciate you. And, yeah, that's the thing, man. I, it's so hard to decide on who you want, right? If it's a quarterback, I'll tell you, I think that – Anthony Richardson would be the guy that I pick first, but I think C.J. Stroud is probably the guy I have the most confidence in would be a good player, if that makes sense, right? I just – I kind of – like I said, I'm, I'm rooting for Anthony Richardson just because of who he is, his work ethic, and where he comes from and all that. Uh, and you'll hear the conversation later, man. That You, you can't help but to root for that guy. Uh, I would not be mad at C.J. Stroud at all. I think that would be a good pick. And I also wouldn't be mad at Tyree Wilson. I would be mad at Devin Witherspoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at Christian Gonzalez. Again – with the Raiders sitting at seven, there's a lot of players that you can get fired up about. The Raiders have a great opportunity to get a really good player with their first pick. That doesn't end the whole draft. That's just their first pick. So how do they maximize the draft? They have 12 picks as of right now. Raider Nation, how do they maximize them? 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. Don't call just yet. Blair Kirkhoff will join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.